0: Hey CCC, my name is Andy and I've got Greg here with me today. We're a couple of the pastors on staff here and we are excited to be bringing you some announcements this weekend. The first of those is that we've got communion this weekend and so if you're watching us online, feel free to go and grab some crackers and some juice or something like that uh, and be ready to join us for communion. We're excited to participate together. At CCC,
1: we strive to be a group of generous people who honor Jesus by loving each other and by serving our neighbor. One of the ways we can also live that out is through giving.
0: Yeah, we've got several options for giving. And so if you're in person with us this weekend, we've got offering boxes in the back of the auditorium that you can drop off a physical gift in on your way out. Or if you're more of a digital person, you can scan the QR code on the seat in front of you uh, and you'll find ways to give digitally there.
1: Now, if you're online, you'll see a giving uh, notation there on the screen. And you can just click that and we want to thank you in
0: advance for your continued support of this ministry. Absolutely. Another one of the exciting announcements we have for you is that the cafe is open again. Uh, I remember when I first got here, that was my favorite place to meet students and new people and just hang out. Uh, So it is now open Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m., and then it's also open on the weekend during weekend services. So uh, we'd love to have you stop by and see us.
1: And It is a full service. uh, coffee shop. We have bottled beverages, breakfast snacks. Uh, There's open seating. And and like uh, Andy just said, it's a great place to meet with somebody. If you have something you need to just talk about and get together with a friend, we encourage you to come.
0: Lastly, it is 4th of July weekend this weekend and we, as Daryl said in his email this past week, we get to celebrate our freedom, specifically our freedom to be able to gather and worship freely in this country. And so that's an exciting thing. Uh, We hope that you enjoy time with friends and family, barbecuing and playing yard games and hanging out. Um, But if you're missing out on some of the barbecue, don't worry, Next Chapter Ministries has a couple more barbecues coming up this summer, uh, and Greg's got some details about that.
1: The first one's coming up is July 24th from 4 to 8 p.m. and there's another one on August 14th. But I wanna tell you, you can pre-order in advance, and you're gonna wanna do that. Last year I I loaded up, but one of those days they ran out of barbecue and it is top notch. So we (laughs) encourage you, it's a great ministry and a great opportunity to help them out. Now we want you to have a great fourth But right now, let's turn our hearts to worship.
2: Please stand this evening as we worship Him. Come all you weary, come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Drink from the water. Come and thirst no more Come all you sinners Come find his mercy Come to the table He will satisfy Yes, taste of his goodness Find what you're looking for For God so loved The world that gave us his one and only son to save us. Whoever believes in him will live forever. Bring all your failures. Bring your addictions. Come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting there with those For God so loved the world that he gave us His one and only Son to save us Whoever believed Praise him, praise him for the wonders of his love. Come on, sing with us this evening. Praise God, praise God, from whom all blessings flow is yes, praise him. Save for God so loved the world that He gave us His one and only Son to save us whoever believes. the foot of the cross, Jesus is waiting, God so loved the world. And he's coming back again Let the Lord... You Light in the darkness My God, that is who you, you believe in Lord, we proclaim that you are Waymaker, miracle worker Promise keeper Light in the darkness My God, that is who you are Sing with me Yes, that is who you are Yes, that is who you are Together, church, Jesus, you are. so much that you loved us when we were enemies of who you were and you still said you are worth my sacrifice you are worth the pain and the torment I will go through because I love you and in that we have a hope that can't be taken a hope that can't be shaken and a hope that will never die because our Savior is risen and alive so God we proclaim you are with us always spirit of the living God inside of us that we can proclaim to the world that we believe in your holy name we pray amen please be
3: seated so this for us is communion weekend We celebrate uh, on the 4th of July weekend as well and we celebrate our freedom. And I was thinking about our time together today. Psalmist, Psalm 49. On a weekend we're thinking about sacrifice that, that other people have made on our behalf. The psalmist, he says this. No one can redeem the life of another or give to God a ransom for them. The ransom for a life is costly. No payment is ever enough. So that they should live on forever and not see decay psalmist is reminding us that uh, the sacrifices that you and i can make for each other the effectiveness of that sacrifice has its limits and it, it could never accomplish things that are eternal in nature and as the psalmist makes his way through the psalm recognizing that that he cannot rescue another person from eternal loss and no one can rescue him from a life apart from God, he does recognize that he says down at the end of the psalm, he says, but God will redeem me from the realm of the dead. He will surely take me to himself. And he places our hope for eternal life squarely on the Lord. And that's really what communion does for us. As, as Christian people, communion is the time where we are reminded of who has made the sacrifice for us. Eternal life is not something that we could, could earn for ourselves. It's not something someone else can do for us, a grandpa who's a preacher or a mom who's, you know, a wonderful Christian lady or what it, they can't, they can't do this for you. Only Jesus can do this for you and you can only receive it from him. And so we're going to head into this time of communion. The band's going to lead us in another song of worship. You can, you can sing along with them if you want to, you can just let the words of this song just kind of wash over you. Stay in this moment, just recognizing that uh, nobody can redeem you, but the Lord Jesus and, and recognize that he is, he is your redemption. And then when the band finishes their song, I'll come back and we'll take the elements of communion together.
2: there would not remain. Our God has robbed the grave. Our God has robbed the grave. Yes, you have
3: note if you'll take your communion elements one of the things that the scripture tells us happens as we take communion together is we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes Jesus's entrance into death is for us victory as you and I again we go back to what the psalmist says we don't have the ability to ransom ourselves or to ransom anybody else, we needed someone to ransom us. And Jesus' entrance into death, our victory. So Jesus gave us this ceremony. It was the night before he went to the cross. And he had his disciples, his first followers there in a room with him and he took a piece of bread and he broke that bread. And he told them, he said, this bread is my body, which is broken for you. I eat this in remembrance of me. So would you guys eat the bread with me? If you'll take your juice. This is a faith moment it's not just a it's not just a ceremony this is a faith moment it's it's acknowledging that no person can ransom themselves and no one else no other human being can ransom us either this is this is a moment in simple terms where we're just declaring, Jesus, you are our only hope. If, if there's something other than the grave for each one of us, it, Jesus, you're our only hope. Jesus told his followers in that same meal, he took a cup. He told them this cup This is my blood which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. I can't pay the penalty for my sins. You can't pay the penalty for your sins. Jesus paid the penalty for our sins. So in drinking this, we're saying to him, we we believe. So if you would drink this in remembrance of Jesus. Can I pray for us? Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? So Lord Jesus, we are, we're really grateful. We're really grateful for your love for us, that you were willing to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. Thank you for your obedience to your Father. Scripture tells us you became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. You didn't deserve to die, but we sure did. And we honor you as our resurrected king. You entered into death and you conquered and you let us participate in your victory. So we're saying yes to that. Thank you for this this life that you have given to us, that that there's something beyond the grave. There's someone beyond the grave, it's you. So Jesus, we love you, we honor you, we trust you. You are our only hope, we're counting on you. We know you're faithful, you're worthy of our trust. So we pray these things in your name. Amen. Hey, can we say thank you to this worship team for leading us in worship today? Really grateful for those guys. Um, hey, welcome to Christ Community Church. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Daryl Holden, I'm one of the pastors here. It's really good to be with you on this Fourth of July weekend. Of all the places that you could be, you're in worship and so we're really thankful that you're here whether you're in person or you're watching online. If you're new this weekend or newer and we don't know that you're here, if we would love to know you're here. The best things about this church is, is the people. And so if you wouldn't mind if you're here in this room, there's a QR code on the seat back that's close to you there or there's a connect card that's out at the welcome desk uh, if you're online, there's a, there's a welcome button or a connect button. We'd love for you to, to press that button and get connected with one of our service hosts. We'd love to connect you with really the best thing in this church, which is the other people who are here. So uh, if you're newer, thanks for doing that. I'm, I'm really excited about this weekend. I love this series that we're in, this character series. We're gonna continue moving through the life of Gideon. Um, when I was thinking about our time together today, I was, I was thinking actually about a Brad Paisley song you guys, I hope you know who Brad Paisley is. If you don't, I, other than Jesus, you're beyond hope. Um, so P- Brad Paisley has this song called Long Sermon. And the, the gist of the song, the, the line that keeps running through my head is that nothing will test your faith like a long sermon on a pretty Sunday. So here you go. Faith test coming for you guys today. No, not really. Um, this, this series on Gideon, it's three weeks long, so this is week two. So I wanna show you this picture that I showed you last week. I wanna remind you of this. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Clairvoyance by Rene Magritte. He was he a was Belgian surrealist, and, and it's creepy, I know that, but I love, he's looking at an egg and he's painting a bird. And what God is doing in the life of Gideon, and again, this is not just something that he did in the life of one guy, the kind of God he is for us, he, he sees, where we are and he knows what he has put in us and he's painting the picture of our life, what we're gonna be. And so if you're you're sitting here and you're participating this weekend and you feel like spiritually speaking, particularly you feel like spiritually speaking, you are an egg, you just gotta know that when God looks at you, what he sees is he sees this bird that is in full flight. And we're going to experience a little bit of that in the life of Gideon today. It's Gideon chapter, excuse me, Judges chapter seven. Last week we looked at Judges chapter six. This week we're looking at Judges chapter seven. And um, I want to show you some things from this chapter for people who are in process. You know when you're when you're becoming who God made you to be, you're kind of in a you're in a growth season, maybe, and you know that, that you, are, you are growing right now, that God is, he is doing his thing in you and, and you are moving forward. And so there's some things that those of us who are in a growth process need, need to hang on to and need to remember and be encouraged by. And so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna read through a chunk of chapter seven and just kind of make some comments along the way and then I've got four things I think we need to learn from the life of Gideon for people like us who are becoming so before we jump into chapter seven, let me remind you where we left Gideon, all right? We, we encountered him last week. He was in a wine press threshing grain. Those two things don't go together. He's a fearful guy. The angel of the Lord shows up to him, says, greetings, mighty warrior. So was, God's looking at an egg, and he's painting a bird. Gideon was not a mighty warrior. And, and as we move through what God was doing in Gideon's life, he was calling him forward, and we left Gideon he had had responded to the move of the Spirit of God in his life and he had blown the trumpet and he had called the armies of the nation of Israel to him to fight against the Midianites and these peoples who had been oppressing the nation of Israel. God was getting ready to deliver his people from oppression and he was gonna do it through Gideon. so in Judges chapter seven, verse one, with all these guys covered and Gideon's done the fleece thing, early in the morning, Jerubbabel, that's Gideon, there, he's living into his new name. Jerubbabel means he's, he's the one who fights against Baal, the, the god of these Midianite people. And so now he's kind of starting to live into this mighty warrior. Gideon and all his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. So I've, I want to give you this picture here. That this is this is a modern day photograph of the area where Gideon was. He was he was about at the place where the perspective of this picture is. It's taken by a guy named Luke Chandler. I found it on his blog from trip to Israel. You know, obviously that swimming pool in the lower right corner wasn't there in Gideon's day. Um, Probably not quite as resort looking around it, but, but Gideon is, and his armies are kind of assembled about where, where our picture is taken from, and that hill that is over in the distance there, that's the hill of Mora, where the Midianites, they're in that plain and they're kind of all around that hill. And so the Lord says to Gideon, he's there with his army, and the army, the opposing army is across the way. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men, (laughs) because that's what every commanding general wants to hear. You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. So God's desire here is to make sure that everybody knows who delivered Israel, who rescued them. And and there's so many men from the nation of Israel, like it's possible for the nation of Israel, this army of Israel, to go against these Midianites and defeat them. And so God wants to do, what God wants to do for his people is he wants to, he doesn't wanna just deliver them, he he wants to build his relationship with them. He wants them to know for sure who did it. One of my seminary profs, a guy named Doug Cecil, he said that God's not just interested in giving people victory. He's interested in teaching them dependence and trust. And so, so what God's doing in these moments is he's, he's growing Gideon, he's giving his people relief from this oppressor, and enemy, and he is drawing all of them to himself. So, so he can't let them go out in their own strength. So, so here's what he does. Says to Gideon, he says, now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. Sorry, so anybody's scared to go into war. So t- 22,000 men left, while 10,000 remained. You I mean, who blames them, right? They're, they're staring across the valley of this, and these Israelites, they're not, they're not professional warriors. They're farmers and dads and brothers and, and sometimes they have to fight to defend their territory and, and these Midianites have been oppressing them for seven years, like they haven't won a skirmish in seven years. So anybody who's afraid, and this is, this is part of the history of the nation of Israel and, and how they fought battles, if you were willing to raise your hand and say, I'm too scared to go do this, per the Lord's orders, you were, you were, able, to, you were able to leave. So, they're, so Gideon's down to 10,000 guys. The Lord said to Gideon, "There are still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will thin them out for you there. Lord, I don't want you to thin them out <laughs> for me here. I would like you to call some of that 20,000 back. That just left. I'm gonna thin them out for you there. And the Lord said, if I say, this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. I don't think it was that swimming pool there. I think it was the water that's farther in the background. And the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues as dogs lap from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank from cupped hands lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. And I don't know why the Lord did this. If you, if you read about these verses, why did he pick how somebody drinks out of a stream? It's, it's, and 300 of them are lapping, the rest of them, like how, who knows? There, there are a lot of opinions out there and there's, well, because if it was this way, these guys, were, the Lord's thinning this whole thing out. Verse seven, the Lord says to Gideon, so with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So in my bible what I've done if you write in your bible I think this is I've just I've underlined those words I will save you. Cuz again God wants to make sure that his people know who did this. He wants to make sure that that everybody not just his people he wants to make sure that the Midianites know who is the Lord. Like, who's who is this God who who rescues his people. He wants to make sure that everybody involved knows that he is the one who saves them. And if there is a chance of 300 guys to win a fight against an enemy horde, they've gotta have some sort of divine intervention. And so, you know, looking, looking back at that picture as we look across that valley, if we could just kinda put ourselves into what Gideon is looking at there. He and his 300 men are are now standing about where we are standing. And he's he's looking across that that valley in verse, like I just picture him, it's kind of dusk, and it's getting towards the end of the day because they spent the whole day separating separating these guys out letting people go home and all that kind of stuff. And so so it's getting towards the end of the day. Tomorrow's going to be the fight. And... And Gideon and his 300 guys are looking across the valley. Verse 12 says what they see. The Midianites, the Amalekites, all the other eastern peoples had settled in the valley thick as locusts. Their camels could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. So he's got 300 guys and an army that is covering that valley between them thick as locusts and and tomorrow he's going to battle with with 300 guys and a promise from God. So pop us back up to verse nine. During that night, the Lord said to Gideon, (laughs) get up, go down against the camp because I'm gonna give it into your hands. And this is really, this is God's call to go. Like it's, it's time to go to war. Get your guys, get up. You guys go against this camp. And, and it's God's call. But as God is making that call, what he does in his grace and in his gentleness is he also looks down into Gideon's heart and sees a guy who's afraid. And, and he doesn't chew him out for being afraid. He doesn't, what he does is he meets him in that fear and he says, hey, if you're afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant, Pura, and, and listen to what they're saying. And afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outposts of the camp. So, so instead of rallying his guy's charge, here we go, he, he, God sees the fear in his heart and meets him in that, and he acknowledges that fear, For the Lord, and he says, All right, so I'm taking my guy, and we're just we're gonna go over there to these outposts and we're gonna we're gonna see what God is doing. Now, so I don't know about you, and I'm kind of living in this story a little bit. If I'm Gideon, I'm being extra sneaky (laughs) to to get across there because you know they're not all just in camp, right? They got some guards kind of on Israel's side of the deal, and they're they're watching out, so I'm I'm worried about their guards, and I'm also wondering somewhere in my heart. All right, just a couple of days ago, the Lord found me in a wine press, and I was threshing grain, and he called me a mighty warrior, and I was not that, and then I tore down these Asherah pole things. If you remember from chapter six last week, I, I did that, but I did it at night, and then he told me to do some other things that I did, and, and the, I had an army of like 32,000 guys, and we were gonna, I was ready to charge the hordes and God whittled me down to 300 and now the, he said the two of us can go over here and look. We, if you're just in the story with me, are you wondering if you're Gideon, is God gonna like just to tell the two of us to go ahead and do it while we're over there? You know, I mean, like, is, how is this thing gonna go down? Is he, what, what's up next for me? So they're sneaking across and they get over, they get to the outpost of the camp, verse 13, Gideon arrived just as a Midianite man was telling a friend of his his dream. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. Okay, I got, okay. Gideon's hearing this and he's gotta be scratching his head. His friend responded, This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. Isn't that gracious of God to send this fearful, mighty warrior over to the outpost of the camp to hear a conversation between two pagan soldiers about a dream that one guy had. And he let him show up just in time to hear the dream and to hear the other guy, like they're, they're just talking, oh man, that dream can't mean anything other than that army across, the, like they're coming to get us, the Lord is in this. And, and so what happens here is that Gideon, like he hears that interpretation, he bowed down and worshiped, and there's some, there's some guys who, Bible teachers who really, they give Gideon a hard time at this moment because he's been hesitant he's growing he's saying yes but he's been hesitant at each turn because you know he okay Lord will you hang here and see so I can I can prepare a meal is this really you with the fleece thing would you do the fleece thing and and what what Gideon just heard on the lips of this pagan warrior the angel of the Lord already said to him back in chapter six and then the Lord himself said it to Gideon here in chapter seven I mean it's it's happened a couple of times that God that God has actually said these words to him, but Gideon doesn't seem to believe it until he hears it from this pagan warrior. So, so some people are hard on Gideon at this. I, I am not gonna be too hard on him as a guy who sometimes struggles with obedience, sometimes struggles hearing the voice of the Lord, like not just hearing it, but, but believing the voice of the Lord. I, I think God has just really been kind to him to meet him in this moment And Gideon has this awesome response. He hears the dream, its interpretation. He bowed down and worshiped. He returned to the camp of Israel and he called out, Get up! The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. And he divided the 300 men that he had left into three companies. He placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Watch me, he told them, follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. And when I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp, blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they changed the guard. They blew their trumpets. They broke the jars that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their left hands, holding in their right hands the trumpets they were to blow. They shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And while each man held his position around the camp, all right, 300 guys, they've broken a jar, they've, they've blown a trumpet, and 300 dudes screaming. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran crying out as they fled. The hordes of like, these are these are warriors screaming <laughs> and running away. And it, like sometimes we look at, at culture of, of that time and that day and say, well, this is explained because can I just tell you, like, there's there is there is no culture where it is acceptable for the military to scream as they're running away. And so these guys are screaming and running away. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords and the armies fled. And it just gives some geography there about how. And so so as they're fleeing, what Gideon does, Gideon sent messengers throughout the hill country of Ephraim saying, come down. He's calling more people. Come down against the Midianites. Seize the waters of the Jordan ahead of them as far as Beth Barah. And so we, we got, what we've got going on here is this thing. We've got Gideon... Here at the end of all of this, like, this is mighty warrior. This is Gideon, the general who has obeyed the Lord. He's led his men into battle and now they are, they are winning this battle and he is giving orders and he is, he is telling people what to do and receiving this victory that God wants to give him. This is, this is exactly what God promised he would make him into back when he found him down in, that, in, that, in, that th- in the wine press when he was threshing the grain. And so, and so here we have, like we've got Gideon fully living out who God called him to be. And so kind of making our way through this story in, in uh, Judges chapter 7, I want to point out for you guys four things that I think it's important for those of us who are, who are moving into, moving toward what God has called us, you know, we feel like an egg, but he has said we're a bird we're walking towards that, what he's put inside of us. I think these things, four things are really important for us to hang on to. The first thing is that God is not looking for someone to do stuff. He's looking for someone to do stuff through. Okay, so God is able, you and I, for, for a divine task. You and I, we, we don't have what it takes. God is able, what you and I provide in this whole thing is availability. So he's able, we're available. And, and I think we've got to, we've got to remember that as, as we are in this process of becoming, God is not looking for someone to do stuff. And for me, this, this, is, this is comforting on one hand and it's challenging on another, If, if I believe that God has called me, like it's on me to do something, the, the, the comfort in all of that is if it's a God sized thing, if it's a divine commission and we're honest, like if I'm honest with myself and honest with what, what I think I've heard God point me towards, I don't have what it takes to do that. And, And if he's, if he's, if he's looking for somebody to do it, I'm not his guy, because I can't. But if he's gonna do it and he's just looking for somebody to do it through the role, like I just get to be available, he'll be able, I'll be available, I, I, can, I can go into that. So there's, there's comfort on that. There's also challenge, because once you kind of get into some things, it's, and it's starting to move and God's moving, it's, it's tempting to think, man, look what I'm doing. Like, you look around and and God's at work and people's lives are changing and stuff is happening and there's freedom there's rescue there's deliverance it's easy to think that you're the one doing it and and the great challenge in all this is it's just a reminder that you are not the one doing something. God is the one who is able and he is he's just looking for somebody to do what he does through. So I don't I don't know where you feel about that and kind of when you think about yourself but in this process of becoming what you what you can hold on to, what we all need to hold on to, is that, that God's not looking for somebody to do something. He's looking for somebody to do something through. All right, the second thing, this is cool, your faith can grow pretty fast. Your faith can grow pretty fast. This, this was new to me as I was reading through this, these chapters prep for this series this time. We're just a few days from when God found Gideon in the winepress threshing grain, we were, we're just a few days from when he was hiding from this same group of people that he has just conquered their army. And God's done it through him. He was he was hiding in a hole to avoid these guys, and and now he is he's standing on a hillside with a sword, trumpet, uh, light, and yelling at him. You know what I mean, like he's just, in just a few days. And your faith can grow really fast. What happens is, is we just string a few yeses together. You know, thinking about this story with Gideon, I mean, he, he somehow said, he came out of that wine press, he said yes to the Lord's vision for his life and he said that really big yes to go tear down the, the idol stuff that his dad, like to take his dad's bull and tear down that idol stuff that we talked about last week. Um, he said, I, I wrote him down, he said five yeses. He said yes in calling people to arms. You know, the spirit of the Lord came on him and he, just, he did what the spirit of the Lord said for him to do, to, to assemble and then, and then he said yes in letting the fearful guys go. And that wasn't, that's a huge deal, but it was common in their culture because again, when God set up how the armies were supposed to function in Israel, that was one of the deals. If anybody's afraid, they don't have to fight. And so this was a smaller yes, but holy smokes, two thirds of his army walked away. And he, just, he continued to trust the Lord in that. So two thirds. So that's his third yes. And then, and then he sent the the kneelers home when the Lord said, "Hey, everybody who kneeled down, and drank out of the stream, like he sent he sent those guys home." Now, that was a yes there. And then he even said he said yes to sneaking into the enemy camp at night to go over there and hear that deal because because the, the Lord told him, man, if you're afraid, here's Here's how we're going to get you through that fear. And he said yes to that. And he just strung some yeses together. And and in stringing these yeses together, he he grew really fast. Spiritually speaking, he grew really fast. Now, let me say this. There's, there's a difference between having faith and being faithful. And we're going to see this next week. Because... Man, so far Gideon's life is like, it's on an upward trajectory, but next week it's not as much fun. Um, There's a difference between having faith and being faithful. Faithful is about yes over time. So your your faith can grow substantially in a really short period of time. I see this and where I've experienced it for myself probably the most is on a mission trip. You set aside five, six, seven, eight, nine days for, for spiritual purposes. And so you say yes to all the sacrifices that, that are required to even to, to go. And you say yes to the Lord and it's just one yes after another to the Lord for the entire time that you're on this mission trip. And then you come home and we, we call them like spiritual mountaintop experiences, but what they are, they're these seasons where our faith is, has really grown. But there's a big difference between having faith, your faith growing, and being faithful, those yeses over time. And we, just, we need to be aware of the difference. But the truth, man, the truth is your faith can grow fast. So if you're, if you're seeing yourself like, hey, I'm an egg, and I feel like this bird... God's saying, "Bird in flight," to me. I don't know how I'm going to get there. Well, you you can get there fast if you'll just say those yeses. That first yes to Jesus. If you haven't done that, that first yes to Jesus, like I'm trusting you, Jesus, you're my only hope. That that yes to okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna become a person who pays attention to what you say. I'm gonna walk in obedience to you. You, you just to string those yeses together. And when he says, hey, I want some of your time. Okay, I don't think I have any time to give, but yes, I'm gonna give you my time. Hey, I want some of your money. I don't think I have any money to give, but yes, I'm gonna give you my money. Hey, I want you to go talk to this person about me. I don't, I'm scared to go talk to them about, it, but yes, I'm gonna go, like just string some yeses together. Your faith can grow really fast. You, if you have somebody that you feel like they're way ahead of you in this faith journey, you can, you can, you can have their kind of faith really fast if you'll say yes to them. Now, faithful is a whole different story, but you could have faith, like your faith can really grow fast. And I want you to know that today. You don't, this, you don't have to be in this, you don't have to be in the faith for 100 years to be a person who has great faith. You, your faith can grow really fast. String some yeses today, together and see how God grows your faith. All right, here's the third thing. Slow down and worship. I keep going back to, to verse 15, what we just read there in chapter seven. When, when Gideon heard the interpretation, the dream and the interpretation of the dream, on the lips of those Midianite warriors, his response, finally, his response was his, he, he fell down and worshiped the Lord. And I'm guessing that 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 was one of the most stressful moments of his life. Hordes of army right in front of you, 300 guys on your your side. Feels like tomorrow's gonna be a slaughter and, and you and your guys are gonna be on the receiving end of that deal. and and here i am on the edge of their camp and and finally he hears he hears this promise of god that hey i got you in this i'm going to do this i'm able i'm going to do it you're available i'm going to do it through you and and he just he just stops and he falls down and he worships the lord i wish we i wish we could know what was pouring out of him in that moment but it had to be it had to be gratitude for God's patience with him you know because it took him it wasn't a long time but it was several encounters it took him several encounters to get to the point where he finally heard it and he believed it and God's God's kindness that that he would Use a guy like him. I mean, okay. So, Lord, you want to deliver your people? You want to rescue? You want to rescue people? And you're going to use somebody like me? Like, I don't. I don't have what it takes. But you're going to rescue. You're going to rescue people through me. How kind of you to to do that? And for God's power. And <laughs> that 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 God would give that one dude a dream. Give that other dude the interpretation of that dream orchestrate that conversation to happen when Gideon was out of sight but within earshot. Just all of that was for Gideon. None of that, none of that needed to happen other than the Lord saw fear in Gideon's heart and he just, he wanted to, he wanted to help him have courage instead of fear. And just God's, God's grace and his providence and his ability and his power in this that he just that he took care of Gideon he just he's just shepherding Gideon into this role that he has for him to lead to lead his people and to rescue God's people through Gideon's yes and it's really easy it's really easy in a season of becoming when you you know you can kind of feel yourself growing, and you feel your faith kind of starting to blossom a little bit, and you're starting to see some things in your life, and, and it just, it feels like in those kinds of seasons, it gets busier and busier, 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 and all of a sudden, we don't have time, because we're, we're doing now, and we're, we're acting like God's called us to do stuff as opposed to realizing that he's just looking for somebody to do stuff through. And so, so it's really important, as you're becoming who God has called you to be, who he's designed you to be, that you, that you just slow down and worship. He's, he's gonna do it, so you have time. He's gonna do it, so you have energy to give him the worth that he is due. So go ahead and just slow down and worship. And then this fourth thing is do what you know to do. Trust God to do what he's going to do. Just to do what you know to do and trust God that he's gonna do what he's gonna do. And again, I just wanna say this again. God's once able, we are the people who are available. So Gideon is down to 300 dudes. They're They're farmers. They're not special forces. And he he hands them like a jar and a torch, and they got a sword. Uh, what are we gonna do with these? <laughs> right? What am I gonna do with this? Well, you're gonna follow my lead. Okay, we're gonna get over there. We're gonna figure. When we get over there, like you just do what I do. Um, what's gonna happen after that? I don't know. We're just gonna but we're, we're gonna do what we know to do. We know to go over there, and as much as 300 guys could surround a camp as big as a horde, we're gonna surround them, and we're gonna break these. This is so funny. We're gonna break these things, and we're gonna, we're gonna yell at them. What's gonna happen then? I don't know. Are right, that great? You's, but we get to do what we know to do. We get to do what we know to do and we trust God to do what he's going to do because, again, God's not looking for people to do stuff, he's looking for people to do stuff through. And so, so we have this, this powerful, kind, gracious God who, who says, hey, y'all go get them, I'm gonna get them. You know, I guess y'all go get them, but I'm gonna get them. You know? <laughs> and and so you and I have this we have this freedom we have this freedom you don't have to you don't have to sit and worry and be afraid and figure stuff out and like and have it drafted out to the and i'm not against planning and i'm not against skill set development and all that kind of stuff but just but man you do what you know to do and you trust god to do what he's going to do and how all that works out like he's going to accomplish his purposes in us and through us. So I love how, what, uh, how this all ends in Hebrews chapter 11. This is, this is kind of God's final statement over, and he mentions Gideon, and this is, this is good saying this about him before we go into what happens next week. He, what he says about Gideon, he says, through faith, his weakness was turned to strength. He became powerful in battle. He routed foreign armies. And all of that, he was, he was a guy that God used to rescue his people and give his people peace. So for you and for me, man, if, we, if we will remember that God is the one who is able, and All that's required of us is availability. We can walk into what he has for us. You can live out his call on your life, because he's gonna do it. You don't have to do it. He's gonna do it through you. So I'd like to pray this for us as individual people and also as a church. Would you guys please bow your head and close your eyes with me? So Father, we worship you in these moments your grace, your kindness, your patience with your people. We'll just admit we should know better, but we, we don't always live into what we know and you are gentle with us. So thank you for that. So I'm praying for myself and for my friends that, that we would believe you when, when you say things like mighty warrior to us and over us, you're a father and, and you speak in and you speak over our lives, I pray that we would believe you. And I pray that we would, we would be convinced that you are the one who is able and so we would respond by being available. To you. We know. We know that that you have put us here, and you have, you have put people in our lives who you want to rescue. And you have opportunities for us beyond our current circles. Because there are people that you want to rescue. And you'll do it through us. Give us eyes to see ears to hear, heart to understand what you're up to. Turn to you, give you our yes. See what you're gonna do. We're grateful that you would work through people like us. Jesus, this all comes to us through you. So we pray these things in your name, amen. Great to be in worship with you guys this weekend. Thank you for being part of what God's doing here at our church in this community. I'm excited that we get to do this together. I hope you guys have a great Fourth of July weekend. Um, I love you. I will see you next weekend. You are dismissed.